And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. As we begin a brand new Wednesday, we're going to talk about many things. We won't be able to talk about the weather, Gary, because... There are no more weather balloons. (laughs) We have no idea Uh, what the forecast is going to be. Uh, Gary? My God. My God. It just gets worse. I'll just, I'll play the the audio. Here's the question to Corrine Jean-Pierre. Yeah, Yeah, Michael. Um, So two two more balloon questions. Um, The National Weather Service website here says that 900, that that weather balloons are released around the world from 900 locations twice a day, every single day of the year, including 92 released by the National Weather Service in the U.S. Um, that they fly for at least two hours a day, drift as far as 125 miles and cover uh, and, and rise up to 100,000 feet above the ground. Um, if, if it turns out, as it looks like, that the, that, that the President um, and, and Mr. Trudeau sent Top Gun fighters to blow weather balloons out of the sky... Is the, does, the, does the president regret that, and is he embarrassed by that? I'm not going to get ahead of what um, <laughs> of any final decision. We just don't know yet. We actually, we yeah, we well, yeah. they they have told them that it was that the, the objects they did tell Congress the objects mm-hmm. were benign. Yeah, there was no threat to the United States, which right. means they were some type of commercial balloons. Yeah, and and, and so the uh, to recap, the Chinese spy balloon wasn't a threat and then they shoot down other things and and they they don't shoot it down until they get the political pressure to do so and then they shoot down other benign objects that were never a threat that they knew right away weren't a threat i'm telling you it it doesn't get any worse here's the question who's in charge i have no idea that's a great question, uh, and you know, and and that was that that was uh, asked to her. I'll, I'll I'll get that a little bit later on. That that uh, that audio uh, where that question was asked. Well, did the president approve this? How did it? You know, how did the specifics go? Well, the president listened to what everybody had to say, mm-hmm. and then the decision. But did the president order the shoot down? Right. 
and didn't. Well, I'm not going to get into that. What do you mean you're not going to get into that? He either approved I mean, it or didn't. I mean, it's just which means that he did. Oh, I mean, it just gets worse every day. And then what was the headline that I saw that said uh, the that uh, the, uh, uh, the the Congress is uh, briefed and said, look, it could be one of a thousand things. It could be we, we you know, uh, it, it could have been uh, uh, used car lot balloons. Yeah, I'll throw in it could have been a flying car. They could have been flying cars. Did did any balloons, uh, uh, did they lose control of them at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade last year? Could be. Did we shoot down Goofy? <laughs> Could be. Well, here's the thing, too. With the Chinese balloon, remember Biden came out and said, you know, I wanted to shoot it down, but they wouldn't let me, basically. Right? They said it was too dangerous over land. You know, I, he was, he was, you know, <laughs> he was doing his uh, Izzy Mandelbaum. And and now they won't say whether or not he, he, he did it. He approved it. There are only two options. Either they shot it down without his approval, which is a huge deal, or he approved it. You know the interesting thing is, and and I don't think I'm I don't think I'm wrong here. Uh, again, as part of this is is speculating, but I really, you know, w- remember when Obama was president, and we just said, my God, they just everything's a lie every day, and we said, we wonder if that is the actual plan, yeah. just lie every day, and then de- Republicans will scream they're lying every day, and then the people will say, there go the Republicans again. All the claiming, Republicans say right, is lie or lie or lie or lie. That's all they say, lie or lie or every yeah. single day, and yeah. it's like, yeah, but they're lying. But they're, <laughs> but they're lying all the and, time. And in this, in, in this particular case with Biden, obviously, by him not speaking on anything or taking yeah. really any... Uh, questions with a follow-up besides softball interviews with with friendly media and those are short interviews everybody knows that he is avoiding it everybody knows he cannot handle tough questions every democrat listening right now knows this president is incompetent that's see the poll yesterday 12 percent of democrats want him to run 12 percent of democrats Everybody in the United States, everybody in the world knows he is completely incompetent to be president of the United States. But I really think that their their mindset is let's make total incompetence normal. Every day will be incompetent. We'll do it in a very soft way of being incompetent. We won't scream and yell every day except when Biden decides at the State of the Union to just go off into a... Uh, tangent. Name me one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, a, a, except for the. But they don't want him to get to that point. So everything is all right. Just go out, read it, and then don't answer any questions whatsoever. And if we get you interviews, and this would be really interesting. I wonder if these interview those interviews that did last week with PBS. I wonder if you know it's negotiated that okay. These are the only questions that he will answer. Right. And if you answer those, he won't answer these particular questions. Right. Because right. obviously you won't. And, of course, we all know, uh, <laughs> even the liberal reporter Ben Smith, well, yeah, the, he didn't go on to Fox because he doesn't want any tough questions. Uh, the, the timing needs to be right. 
There is no time that's right for this guy. None. Everybody knows he's incompetent, but I really believe that putting Corrine Jean-Pierre out there, you know, she said yesterday that something that might be true. She said Biden is our best communicator. No, I don't doubt that. <laughs> I, I think right now he's the best they got. <laughs> that Biden is now John Kirby might disagree with that a little bit. I, I don't but, know. John Kirby hasn't stepped up to no, he prove hasn't. that. No, he no he I, he, he hasn't. But. I would typically agree with you that uh, Kirby probably is but he hasn't proven that no, lately. No, lately no, lately he hasn't. And when she said that I went, well that's a, Oh, wait a minute. She might have a point there. <laughs> he might yeah. be the most. Actually, he and, might be the best but they got. That's put everybody out there who's yeah. completely incompetent, that everybody yeah. knows is incompetent. Mm-hmm. You never really answer a question, and you normalize that. Day in and day out, you pound the public with nothing, and the press even sort of goes, well, whatever. And there may be you know these embarrassing times, but every question is an embarrassing time if they try to answer the question. The only time it's not embarrassing is when they say, I'm not going to get into it. 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 And then everybody knows that they're evading and don't wish to answer the question. But really, I think this uh, this is unprecedented, I think, in American history. Yeah. I really think this yeah. is. No, it is. You know, say, I think so. Say what you want about Trump. He'd answer any question. Right. He'd, he'd answer too many questions. No, that was the thing. To a fault, he would engage right. with the media. You have the opposite here. You know, Biden came out again yesterday. We'll... we'll uh, uh, we'll get that audio here in a little bit uh, where, uh, you know, he he said uh, uh, inflation and food prices are down. It's yeah, right. Everybody. Now, he didn't take any questions because right. everybody knows that's a complete lie. And Corrine Jean-Pierre trying to make the case that gasoline yeah. was low. Yep. And, and you know, it was I, I, look, this is the these are the things that um, you think about the whole Hunter Biden thing. So Hunter Biden, peddling influence. That's getting worse, too. That's getting worse. The classified documents. But the thing that could bring him down is weather balloons. <laughs> because think about the think about where we are right now. The snapshot of where we are right now. At some point, they're going to have to, or the media will find out exactly what the objects were and who they belong to. The next question is, who ordered them to be shot down? Because here's the question. We can't identify them. Well, there are probably a number of things. And, and in fact, we go back to the uh, uh, the whole uh, uh, Tic Tac UFO thing. And it's like, well, we see things all the time that we can't identify. Right? That's why they changed the name. They don't call them UFOs anymore. Because there are plenty of UFOs in the sky every day that they can't identify. So the boots on the ground, or in the air as the case may be, are looking at this and going, well, we don't we don't know what that is. Given the threat, recently it could be anything and maybe China's testing, but it's not for them to make that assessment. Ultimately, the decision is with the commander-in-chief because we've already set that tone with the balloon. Well, we wanted to shoot it down over land, but, you know, that was dangerous. So we waited until it got over water. We had the 
whatever it was, 12-minute window, 18-minute window, and we shot it down over water. But, man, I really wanted to shoot it down. They told me it wasn't safe to do that over land. But then you start shooting down weather balloons? And my question is, did he override an assessment by anybody on any of these items they shot down over the weekend. Well, here's the thing. We know that thousands of these balloons, we know it was, a, a, a again, they're admitting it was a benign. A benign. Yeah, we know it that it's it wasn't benign. Insane, which right. means it's either a weather, the the probably the most number of balloons up there are weather balloons. So odds right. are one yeah. of them, right. you know, one that was a weather balloon. Just well, by the numbers. Well, yeah. you've got hundreds of these things out, out there. And here's my question. Did he was this a just shoot it down, shoot it? And then finally somebody said, We're shooting down weather balloons. Yeah. Did somebody finally say, We've got us, we're just shooting down weather balloons up there. We can't do this because I, I just m- remember Schumer on Sunday. China has been humiliated. Oh my God. Oh who has my been, who has been humiliated? Yeah, no, please have Chuck Schumer back this Sunday. And keep in mind the one over Lake Huron, they missed the first yeah. time. So they shot, if if it was benign, it means it wasn't a spy satellite. Right. Or excuse me, a, a spy balloon. Right. It wasn't a military balloon. Right. It was a commercial balloon, which yes. means since, uh, as they, the one reporter talked about, how many hundreds of those go up on a consistent basis, and they're all over the place, all over North America. And the question is now, did we shoot down a weather balloon? And then, again, with part of the briefing, well, you know, there's balloons, there's used car balloons up there. Uh-huh. I mean, just when you got to that point, I just went, my God, it, it is, it is un- unbelievably, unbelievably no, bad. It's, and it's horrible. And the reporter, by the reporter framing it the way that they did, you know, with Top Gun Maverick coming out last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. So you're saying, our Top Gun pilots, now I have no idea whether they were Navy. I doubt that they were Navy over the, the mass of land that they were over. I don't know that for sure, but I don't think there's any aircraft carriers up near the, up near Yukon. And I don't know if there's any Navy bases up, you know, up at that point that would make them a, you know, a Top Gun, uh, a fighter. But they used that terminology to say, we're using our best and brightest in the military, you know, in the Air Force, in the Navy, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Our best, incredibly well trained pilots. To shoot down a weather balloon—that was—that was the scenario that reporter was trying to set up, and it worked because you just went when you heard the way that he phrased it. You went, "Oh my God, is this horrible?" No, it's it's, and at some point, whoever owned those objects, it's going to go to the media. Some the media will find it, or they are going to have to come out and admit what they are. They're going to have to identify it to the American people. We're going to learn. Exactly what they were. Oh, yeah, we will. Yeah. The question now is, did he override everybody's judgment? Because this gets back to the political game. Shoot it down. He's angry. Yeah. You saw it at the State of the Union. He's angry. <clears throat> when it didn't even make sense. Nope. <laughs> and this is... You know, again, don't tell me I'm not in control, Jack. Shoot it down. This is who he is. Because you can't tell me that somebody in that chain of command, all of the all of the brass in that chain of command, 
they see this and they say, but sir, we don't know what it is. Either that or somebody misidentified it and told him this is a spy balloon. Multiple times over the weekend. We have a big problem if that's the case, too. Wow. It is uh, insanely in, bad. Insanely embarrassing. This, this is as embarrassing as it can get. 86690-RED-EYE. Tires command a lot of attention. As a top expense for drivers and a leading cause of CSA violations, any tire maintenance practice that can help extend tire life is worth consideration. Consider tire balancing, which can set you up for savings and a smoother ride before your tires touch the highway. Tire balancing corrects an uneven distribution of weight in tires and wheel assemblies, but the trick is to be proactive and not reactive. Conduct routine tire inspections and pay special attention to any unusual wear patterns. Once unusual tread wear is visible on a tire, its traction and stopping distance is reduced and its lifespan will likely be shortened. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. Hey drivers, Eric Harley here. Today I want to talk to you about CatScale. Most of you have heard about CatScale's guarantee, but did you realize they guarantee axle weights and the gross weight? That's right. If you weigh legal on a CatScale and then get an overweight citation, CatScale will pay you back for the fine or go to court with you. Now that's a guarantee. Besides the guarantee, the people at Catscale have been working on some other things to make life easier for you. Many of you are already using their Weigh My Truck app to weigh your loads. Super easy, right? For you drivers out there who aren't, let me tell you, download this app. It's a huge time saver. Simply set up an account at weighmytruck.com or ask your company to do it. And then you just pull on the scale, open the app, follow the screens, and within a matter of seconds, you are weighed and you'll see your weights right there on your phone or tablet. That's it. You're done. You'll also get a locked PDF copy of the scale ticket emailed to you. Weighing doesn't get any easier than that. If you want to know more about the Way My Truck app, Go to weighmytruck.com or give Catscale a call, 877-CATSCALE. Their help desk is always open. Progressive commercial insurance. It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. We got so much to uh, talk about uh, today. In fact, uh, this there's a little echo to this, but I want to play this. This is Biden yesterday mm. talking about inflation as the inflation numbers came out. Here. Today, before our inflation shows, the good news is that inflation in America is continuing to come down. It's fallen seven straight months. More to go. Food prices and groceries are coming down. So inflation's coming down. Food prices are coming down. That's the biggest lie of the day. Yep. They're not coming down. They're not. Prices are not coming down. They're going up, and they went up more than expected. Yeah. And yeah. and so, again, the rate of – and we explained it very simply the other day because Democrats, for some reason, wish to remain idiots on this topic. And as we stated before, if you were paying $100 for your groceries last year, and your groceries 
uh, went up, uh, mm, let's say, uh, uh, 20%. And so you're paying $120. Now, if they only go up 10%, you're still paying over $10. It's increasing. It may be increasing at a lower rate, but inflation is not coming down. Yeah, the prices are still going up. The rate of inflation may be coming down, but prices are going up. And the lie that, and this is, and the public doesn't buy it because they, they, they paying for it. They pay for it every day. They feel it. They see it. And they just continue to do this every single inflation report that comes out. Yeah, it's a massive disconnect. And, uh, Corinne Jean Pierre trying to make the same case on gas prices. Give me a break. You saw it was it Jason Furman, the Obama economist, mm. who just said there isn't anything good in this report. No, that's that's a Democrat, right? Who uh, who who states that? And as we said on inflation, you know, you look at uh, you know Jason Furman, and you look at uh, uh, Lawrence Summers, and they're the ones that really. I mean, Lawrence Summers was the one that gave the warning that said Democrats don't spend this and. They fear, uh, I think uh, Lawrence Summers was one of them recently, it was about a month ago, uh, their concern is that we're getting into where the you know we were in the 70s. In fact, he was, I remember. Yeah. Um, and he said, look, you know, uh, it was at the World Economic Forum. He said, you know, the problem is, is if the Fed is not going to the central banks, but referring to the Fed here at home, if they're not going to get serious and go to 6% or above on the Fed rate, then it's a problem. Giving you 70% each night. Eric Harley and Gary McNamara on Red Eye Radio. And he is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Uh, okay, let's play Schumer from yesterday. Okay. You said you still have some questions about the flying objects. I think Americans have a lot of questions about flying objects. Do you think the president should address the nation on this? Well, that'll be up to him. Yeah, I, I'm out. <laughs> I, that, next, I gotta go. Then there's this headline here from Fox News. White House tells governors thousands of objects in the skies aren't aliens. They could be used car lot balloons. My God, I saw that headline and I just went, this is, this is just, I, you know, there, there are public relations nightmares. This is an, and the president has a succession of them. Last week, I think we, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, every week we get out of here Friday and go, how will they top it the next week? And they top it the next week. And then uh, I want to get to this point here in the article where uh, you had, um, uh, let me see, you had uh, White House Homeland Security Advisor uh, Liz Sherwood Randall Hmm. tell the governors uh, uh, in a half-hour call, I mean, it's funny, but it's not funny because this is about the whole thing about aliens. Yeah, It's funny, but it's not funny because people are communicating uh, this on platforms that are widely viewed, and it's creating fear that it is unnecessary. Oh, all right, so the somebody on, on the social media platforms just came up with this idea that it was, uh, that it was uh, 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 you know, might be extraterrestrials? No! 
It's not social media's fault. No. It's the head of NORAD, when asked whether it could be extraterrestrial, said, we're not ruling anything out. Well, when you're the head of NORAD and you say that... what well, then you're including that. You're including that it could be extraterrestrial aliens. Yep. Is that, that redundant? <laughs> extraterrestrial aliens. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe there are ETs that, uh, that are from Earth. But in the future, <laughs> or is it? Oh, okay. All right. Um, the <laughs> oh my gosh! Seriously, I have been getting for the past three days. I've been getting the worst headaches, and I'm trying to figure out what it is. But now I know it's this lunacy. Because you think about that, you know, <laughs> this is the side. Oh, there's too much misinformation. There's too much misinformation, (laughs) sorry. Well, you know what puts all that to bed? Information. Answering questions. Yeah. That's what puts it all to bed. There are so many people out there putting this on. Well, the guy, you know, look, the top guy at NORAD's introducing that. So that's on the table. He put that there. We didn't put that there. That's your administration. Right. So, you know, that's, you know, George Norrie's making it work, but. That guy put it there. Exactly. You know, don't put it on the dinner table if you don't expect people to gobble it up. And now you're, you know, you're, well, there's just too much disinformation. There's too much. Okay. Then tell the American people what's going on. Then tell us the facts. Because the whole idea of a misinformation, disinformation czar was to, well, we want to have an agency where we put out the facts. Now, we laughed at We laughed at And there, our audience is probably laughing right now uh, for the same reason we've been laughing at that idea uh, from the beginning. But if you want to put this to bed, then come out and identify what those objects were and then answer the questions of the media. The American people deserve to know because if these weren't a threat, that these objects were benign, who made the call to shoot them down. And why the, and why these particular objects and not all the other weather balloons uh, in, in, in the sky? Right. Why did these stand out from the others? I mean, the message they put out yesterday is they were benign, which means they weren't spy satellites and they weren't, you know, they weren't spy balloons and they right. weren't uh, military right. in any way from a foreign right. entity. Right. This, these are commercial. These are commercial things. That, they're not aliens. No, they've now they're not aliens they are not extraterrestrials. How dare you social media run with that one? Well, so they're they're not they're not military. They're not spy satellites. So most likely they're weather balloons. I I will say E.T. was pretty benign, though. So (laughs) (laughs) he wasn't much of a threat. And and remember Mm. in the uh, the Twilight Zone Mm. when the alien when the huge tall alien came down. And they deciphered the book, and it was to serve man. To serve man. And they yeah. said, "Oh wow, these aliens are giving us all this great they're so technology. Nice. <laughs> they're curing, they're 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 curing disease. Uh-huh. Farmlands, remember? Yeah, In, insects are yeah. gone. They yeah. have those farmlands, so people are really being able to eat and and fatten themselves up all around the world. And yeah. that's because the book, if you've never seen the Twilight Zone, mm-hmm. to serve man is a cookbook. To serve to serve man medium rare for me um the (laughs) or 
Uh, what was the one with Richard Dreyfus? Close Encounters of the Oh Third yeah, kind? yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, with the mashed potatoes. <laughs> I, the first thing that comes to my mind from that movie is mashed potatoes. By the way, that's one of my favorite movies of all time. One of my favorite movies of all time. Because it played more about the sensibilities of regular people than it did anything that was sci-fi. I mean, it was sci-fi, clearly, but... Right. You know what I mean? They focused on, it was almost like the movie Science. They focused on the people yeah. at hand. Uh-huh. And it was just, uh, I love that movie. But here we are. Yeah. And Anybody check the cornfields? Oh. Anybody check the cornfields? Your there? friends are being taken downtown in a paddy wagon. <laughs> then he shakes his head. Oh, paddy wagon. What am I saying? <laughs> Where was that? <laughs> that was when he went into M. Night Shyamalan's house. M. Oh, Night Shyamalan oh, had okay, come out yes, and yes. was leaving to and, go to the and, lake. And the alien was in the kitchen. And he's in okay. the kitchen, okay. and then he th- thinks, okay, it's, you know, if it's one of these jokesters. Oh, that's, oh, when he yeah. pretends he's a cop. Yeah. Oh, that is, yeah. that is. I am a police officer. That is one oh, of the best scenes gosh, of that I movie. <laughs> When he oh. said paddy wagon, oh, yes. I lost it. Oh. I love that oh, movie. Oh, I forgot about that for a moment. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And and it's a movie about faith, not aliens, by the way. And and when my dad picked up, mm. you know. Oh, when, yeah, yeah, when, yeah. When, when my dad picked up, you know, on basically Passover yeah, in there. Passover, when, when, right. when my father picked up on that. Because I told him, I go, Dad. When they this, hold up in the house. Yeah, and, I go, and then, Dad, I go, this is spiritual Meaning, he says, he goes, well, that represents the Passover. And I went, oh, yeah, I never saw that. Right. And I'd seen right. the movie, you know, two or three times by, yeah. the, by the time I watched it with my dad. Yeah. And he was like, and, and so my dad saw the village and signs. And he said, this guy really impresses me. And I said, well, it sort of stops there. <laughs> well, it's it, what was interesting to me. And and I, I go through and, and I will put it in the blender over and over again on that movie. Um, but you think about like um, ETs, right? Aliens from outer space, and whether or not you have faith that they exist, and then you learn with hard proof, you learn that they do. But it was really about faith in God, yes, and losing that faith, yeah, and and because was, because of the loss of his wife, right? Yeah. And he was not believing at first that these were aliens they were pranksters so his faith in both at that moment was non-existent when they went around cursing oh my god when they ran around the house <laughs> cursing thinking it was the the whatever brothers, brothers yeah that were yeah. out there and it's the alien that yeah. they don't even know it's an alien that's right. running around on right. top of the roof right and and he comes back as a and uh, I can't. What was, uh, I can't think of the guy's name. His his brother. Uh, oh, yeah, um, uh, uh, oh, jeez. Yeah. Um. Uh, what's his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'll think of it. But he goes. He goes. The Joker. Goes, yeah. Because you were cursing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To Mel Gibson, you were yeah. cursing. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. he's a pre. Well, he, I think you know he's a Christian priest. I mean, he was allowed to be married, so he was Protestant, not Catholic. Right. So. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So it was. Uh, the, but. Like I said, it's just, and that's the problem with this for the president is it's gone into pop culture now. Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix, yeah, yes. Just, 
And it, it, thank you. At least you remember. I know. We, we normally, Eric and I have this unique ability to forget the exact same the thing. The moment you say, oh, what's his and, name? Everything right. just escapes my brain. We yeah. te- And this has happened before. We tend, it doesn't happen often, but when it does, mm-hmm. we tend to forget the exact same thing at the exact same time. Yeah. Yeah. So True thank story. you. Thank you for remembering. Yeah, but you're welcome. But the, that's the, the problem with this for the president is, this has gone now into into pop culture. You know, first the balloons, and now the fact that I, I the memes tomorrow, yeah, are just because right. normally there's a little bit of a lag, but the memes tomorrow on social media are just going to be brutal. Used use car balloons. Well, you know, I'm 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 thinking of, uh, you know, I'm I'm thinking of the uh, the the movie now with Kurt Russell. Remember Kurt Russell? Wasn't it used, used cars? cars? Yeah, used cars, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm what thinking... What's the movie with Kurt Russell about used cars? cars used cars. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I forget, too, Gary. I don't, I don't and, know, but it was and, all about used cars. And, and and I'm just... And I'm like, wow, that yeah. that's just going... I mean, it, it's just... And, and that's the problem that he has. And now that the public will all know by tomorrow, if they weren't paying attention, you know, late, you know, in the afternoon yesterday, but it will be fully... Uh, in into our into our pop culture, yeah. That the U.S. military shot down weather balloons, and like I said, well, that, that question saying, so we had our Top Gun pilots shoot down weather balloons. Is that embarrassing? Yeah, that's embarrassing. Well, and here's the thing: with those used car balloons, look, the thing has its hands up and and it's flailing and has that frightened look on its face. You know, it's a used car balloon. <laughs> Its arms are flailing in the air. No, but see, but but pe- at that, that moment when you said that, I did theater of the mind, and yeah. what we're talking about is the psychology of the public, yeah. and and right. what they, you know, we're having fun here, but there's a seriousness to it about why this is so bad politically for this president. Again, it shows, uh, it, it shows incompetence. It shows a lack of. It, it shows uh, a reactive president that. Because clearly you can't defend. We wouldn't shoot down a spy balloon, right? We let it go all the way across the country mm-hmm. and wouldn't shoot it down. But we're indiscriminately shooting at weather balloons or used car balloons. Whether that's the case or not, that's out there now because the the government officials have said that and put that imagery into the public's mind. You know, and and that's what it comes down to. So there are only two possibilities here. They either repeatedly over the weekend wrongly assessed these objects as threats and told the president they were threats, or he said, I don't care what they are, shoot them down. There's your range right there. Either way, yes. this is and, and horrific. This, and this can't this can't go away. No. Because it's the military shooting yes the military is involved in shooting things over heat seeking missiles over canada and over the united states that's just you can't because think about that you've either identified something as a threat and it isn't somebody in the chain of command did that and reported that as a threat repeatedly not just one time over the weekend and then got his okay, or they didn't and didn't properly identify it and weren't sure at the time, and he said shoot it down anyway. 
866-90-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. Check out all... It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Coming up on the uh, show, Nikki Haley uh, announces in a video. When I saw she announced, I was looking for her actual speech in front of supporters. Right. Yeah. She's doing a rally today. She did a video instead of. Yeah. And you and I've always we've always monitored when new people come in to run for president and how they official when they when they announce in public. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. you got five people around you. Do right. In an auditorium, get 500 people in. Yeah. Get yeah. tons of balloons. Oh, balloons. Don't, don't get balloons. <laughs> Even if they're inside. La- lasers, uh, ev- everything, and and uh, confetti and, and everything dropping down. And even if you only have 500 people there, you make it big time. We'll see what her rally is looks like uh, you know, later on today. They had been saying, you know, when, whenever it was a couple of weeks ago, uh, and they said there was, you know, they were, there was an announcement coming that it would be the 15th. And when it happened yesterday, I was like, well, why the, okay. And then they announced there's going to be a rally. And I thought, well, why not just have the rally and do your announcement yep. there? Yep. I didn't like the video. Well, no, I, I mean, wasn't it, impressed it, by it the wasn't, video. It wasn't yeah. exciting at all. Nope. Nope. Uh, you know, you put out the statement, you know, to the media. There will be a rally tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Eastern, whatever. And that's where you make the announcement. That's where you see, because that's where all the play is going to be. All the sound bites mm-hmm. will come from that if you do it right. Top of the hour news is brought to you by House Products. Visit houseproducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio. On Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Download our Red Eye Radio app today and listen when and where you want. Well, Corrine Jean-Pierre said this yesterday. Huh? Here. <laughs> All right. She actually said this. Here we go. Okay. The president is the best communicator that we have in the White House. The best way to get something done, if you if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to Anyway, from from uh, uh, Char- excuse me, from Charlotte, one uh, another line going from in, in Florida down to Tampa of uh, Putin's kleptocracy. Yeah, America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was going to put him uh, foot, foot. the idea that. Um, Los Angeles and, uh, and uh, um, uh, um, what am I doing here? For two reasons. One, to... We haven't been able to communicate it in a way that is... Uh, um, let me say it another way. 
but the nature not solid meeting with um, with uh, the uh, they make a very good point. Here's the deal. Here's what drives the driver in the states that are affected. Here's what you can do, the drivers. The um, There you go. Now, I will say that was put up by the RNC yesterday. And, you know, uh, it's not uh, the the humor is in the fact that they're trying to sell him as a great communicator. That's what the humor is. Mm -hmm. Uh, He is a elderly man who has cognitive problems. And, you know, with Dianne Feinstein yesterday coming out and stating that, you know, that she was going to retire and seemed to not know that she was going to retire. Yeah. And even, you know, everybody. You know, it, as uh, I think it was National Review, I forgot who wrote it. Okay, so now it's okay to talk about uh, the fact that she doesn't know what's going on. Right. That, you know, she has horrible cognitive problems, and this is why she would say one thing one day, and the next day came out and say, I never said that. What are you talking about? Right. And it was basically hidden. You couldn't talk about it. But the fact is, the President of the United States is the President of the United States. You know, he, the Democrats claim... He has no cognitive problems whatsoever. He is the best communicator out there. Uh-huh. Obviously, he has problems. But we can't say that because they claim if we say that, we are being inaccurate. So what we were the only choice that we have is to say he is fully cognitive, uh, has uh, a grasp fully of all of his faculties and is the best communicator that the white house has now that may be true because the other ones are so bad but everybody knows that's a load of horse manure that's what's funny about it he's an old he's an old man as Mm -hmm. i am so i can say it Mm -hmm. he's an old man that has cognitive problems Mm -hmm. and he may be in early uh uh, dementia early stages of dementia Mm -hmm. but clearly they know he cannot communicate back and forth, which is why they'll only have him do friendly interviews where they know there is not going to be a tough follow-up because then he has to process that through his mind. There are things that if you were to go back and, and, and I was thinking about this yesterday, look at the history since he ran for office, then after the election was sworn in, and you look at the moments where people were claiming, well, they're doing something. They're giving him something when he has to go out and make a speech, right? Something is going on there. I don't know. I think the theories ran from uh, everything from the uh, from ADHD drugs to whatever so that he would be sharper when he got up there on stage. There aren't those moments any, anymore. The State of the Union with him going, you know, that that whole Xi Jinping thing and the anger. That was off script. As many things are, more and more things are. And you see what's going on right now with this whole balloon gate. He's not capable of answering questions. I was surprised they put him out there yesterday. At the whole thing for the counties, you know, the gathering of all the counties, whatever. 
and he was talking, and, and I thought, you know, it's only a matter of time. You know? And mm-hmm. this is, as we go on, things become more and more serious because he is the president. And we've got a very serious list of questions now that only keep growing. The The incidents keep growing. The Hunter Biden thing has been there from the beginning. I guess you could say it's been there for years, uh, technically. But it's been there from the beginning. And then you have the thing with the classified documents and now balloon gate. Someone demonstrate to me as as to why you believe it would get better, that things like this could, all of those things could be put away, resolved, all the questions answered, no issues, and then they move on and the president makes progress in governing. There is no one that can make that case that he's capable of doing it. And I don't know what's going on with him mentally. But it's very clear that it's getting worse. And this is what we look at with, you know, the botched exit of Afghanistan and Balloon Gate. And you have, you know, again, Green Jean-Pierre, the best communicator. And that's the thing that, you know, you look at that goes... Those are the things that go to, to, to pop culture. You know, mm-hmm. Balloon Gate goes right into pop culture because it's so bizarre. Mm-hmm. Everything, uh, what, uh, what happened about it and the imagery, uh, uh, about it. It's bad right now. And America knows it's bad. We'll get to the poll that shows only 12% of Democrats now want him to run. Everybody knows he shouldn't be president of the United States. Right. But everybody knows that the person next in line is not qualified to be president of the United States. Right. Democrats know that. Everybody knows yep. that the top two people at the head of the Democratic Party uh, are not capable of being president of the United States. Right. And it's scary what has uh, happened when you look at Balloon Gate. I mean, there's a humorous part of it. But the fact is, in order for those things to happen, the president had to order yep. that either weather balloons or some type of co- commercial balloons by their own admission, mm-hmm. that we're benign, we're not spies, we're not military, mm-hmm. we're not dangerous at all. That's what they're telling us. And so the next thing is, okay, they're weather balloons, or because they said it, the Homeland Security person said it, uh, you know, we have thousands of things up there, used car balloons, all of a sudden that gets thrown into it. And when the reporters start asking the question inside the White House, and frame it the way they did. That so we here we have in the United States Top Gun pilots shooting down weather balloons, and when we know, when you go through the entire scenario, and America knows about this, this is this isn't like all right. Can you give me the specific details of how Hillary Clinton was involved in setting up Donald Trump? Mm-hmm. Most people don't know that. If you get into what exactly did Hunter Biden do? What are Repu- most Americans probably could not give you the minutia of what's going on in that investigation. But the balloons thing is easy. A spy balloon was allowed to cross all the way across the United States. 
possibly gathering information. And the president wouldn't shoot it down. And then over the next week, was it three or four? <laughs> three. Yeah. Uh, three, three other objects got shot down that are either weather balloons or some type of commercial balloons that weren't a threat at all. And two of them were shot down over land or over an inland lake. Right. Who made the assessments? And and, 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 the chain of command, who is it that's making the calls? It has to be the president to shoot down something like that. Well, what I'm saying is, is that if they identified it and they said they tell the president, we've clearly identified this, we believe 100% these are Chinese spy balloons, then that's one thing. We want your permission to shoot this down. He gives the permission. Or did it go the other way? We can't identify them. Well, we can't take any risk. Yeah, I mean, because because the president could say, for example, if you to the to the CIA, if you have a shot at an Al Qaeda leader uh, or an ISIS leader, take them out. You mm-hmm. have permission. You, you right. can give that type of permission. Right. But the ultimate permission had to come from the president. Yeah, no doubt. That's that's no doubt. Yeah. But who made the assessment? Yeah, because the decisions still have to be made along the way. In the chain of command, somebody has to be in charge of making that assessment. The president's not looking at the technology. The president isn't making the technical assessment. So did someone or a group of someone say, well, we don't know what they are, but they look different than other items that are in the sky right now that are flying at roughly the same altitude. And then he said, well, we can't take any risk. These are all the questions. This is your entire range of possibilities. Oh. And they no longer can use, but Trump. Yeah. Because Trump can get back. I didn't shoot down used car lot balloons. <laughs> right. So you just, you've lost that one. But still, though, the thing, when you think about it all, one of the things that that uh, uh, has not been answered, and the Republicans know about it, because we know Republicans were talking about it uh, on the Sunday morning news shows, that... The capability of not being able to uh, detect Chinese satellites obviously was there. Yeah. And that should have been top secret. We know about overclassification. That's the interesting thing. For the two weeks before with all the classified documents, mm-hmm. over, we're overclassifying everything. We're overclassifying everything. All of a sudden, like nothing, oh, we haven't been able to detect these Chinese balloons. And the first thing I thought, I go, that's classified. Mm-hmm. And so when you had the Republican senator, I just can't think of his name, who came out over the weekend, we played the audio the other day, come out and say, that's classified information. That means, did, did Biden release classified information? Yeah, right. Did, did he allow classified information to be released uh, in order to use it politically to get out of a embarrassing situation that was going on in his administration about... The Chinese spy, or the, the Chinese, the Chinese uh, spy balloon. Well, and on top of that, you know, so you consider everything that all the questions that we have, and now fold this in. They're not telling anybody. Members of Congress have learned that they're benign. There was no threat. 
there's nothing else that has been learned or it's been learned and they don't know how to spin it. Mm-hmm. We know they want to spin. Oh, no, they we need, saw it. We they, saw need it. A, they need we, a massive we, spin we, here. We know the Pentagon wanted to spin. Yeah. Somebody in the administration wanted to spin. Otherwise, that Trump story would have never been out there. Right. Because here's the point. Either it was classified and someone said declassified for political purposes or it wasn't classified and nobody in Congress knew these things were happening and the Pentagon wasn't telling Congress these things were going to be happening. These things were happening either way. It's a major, major, major problem. Well, well, frankly, the three objects that were taken down over the weekend were part of the spin. No, you, no, you're, you're right. Because the, the, it, the, was the, it was trying to make up for what they lost right. politically on the right. first balloon. Right. Well, actually, the first balloon being taken down mm-hmm. was spin. Yes. They weren't initially going to take it, it down. down was, yeah, right. was spin. And remember, they said over that weekend, oh, it's probably going to be over the U.S. for two or three days. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Then they decide, oh, well, I guess we better shoot it down. And then all of a sudden they're shooting down weather balloons. All of that is spin mode. And that's the question. Did the president make a call and say, hey, look, you know, or somebody, you know, these having this conversation in the situation room, you know, politically, we can get away with shooting down some weather balloons as long as we don't kill anybody on the ground. Makes us look strong. That's how delusional yep. Joe Biden is. Eight six six ninety red eye. Surviving and thriving as an owner operator has just as much to do with managing costs as it does with generating revenue. Like the chief financial officer of any company, you have to be concerned about rising costs, especially without increases in revenue. Trying to reduce costs, let alone make sense of them, can be a complicated task. Understanding basic principles of operating costs can save you thousands of dollars a year. A penny saved could be $1,000 earned. Saving just one penny per mile over 100,000 miles driven annually will deliver $1,000 to the bottom line at the end of the year. Owner-Operator Business 101 is provided by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Join the conversation using the Shell Rotella hotline, 866-907-3339. Red Eye Radio at Shell Rotella. What matters is inside. If you drive a big rig, you know that if your wheels keep turning, you keep earning. That's why Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running and save you money in the long run. That means less time in the shop and more time on the road. It also means you'll get more chances to see... It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. Uh, uh, coming up... Um, Nikki Haley mm. uh, running for president. Ted Cruz not running for president. I didn't okay. know he. Was, I didn't know he was thinking about it, but he told his supporters he's running for re-election for the Senate and not for president. All right. So we'll get into some of the uh, uh, specifics there. Did Trump say anything? I haven't seen an article where he has said anything. So now that uh, she has jumped in, he now when I she don't... was talking about a couple of weeks ago. He encouraged her to run. He said, "Yeah, that was the idea that she right. kind of 
went to, I guess, get his blessing or let him know that she was going to run. Yeah. Um, give him the courtesy, whatever, however you want to phrase it. Uh, for Cruz, yeah, that's the right call. And also, 2024 is probably going to be a good year for the GOP and the Senate. It's mm-hmm. right now, it's got all the makings for a good year for them. <laughs> if, if they can actually walk through that open door. Yeah, if they, uh, you mean if they don't blow it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, they never yeah. do that. Yeah, no. Uh, no. Also coming up, looking at the, the uh, inflation numbers, and I found the Bloomberg article. I, w- I hit a paywall, but Fortune reprinted it. Yeah. I wonder why Bloomberg allows that. It's a paywall, but then they allow Fortune to reprint the entire story, not behind a paywall. <laughs> I don't I don't get that. But uh, the, here's the headline. New cars are now toys for the rich as average monthly mm-hmm. payment doubles. Quote, a new car in every American's driveway is not the world we live in. And with more EVs now having to be sold or whatever and or produced, remember, they don't make a profit on those vehicles. Right. Right. And if they do, they only make a profit because of the subsidy. And those prices are going up. And and so regular vehicles carry the cost of electric vehicles. Mm-hmm. And so what they're saying is the cost of cars, and Dad and I have had this talk many, many times, really for like the last 20 years, he goes, cars are going up too quickly. And then you, we saw how long car loans were becoming, mm-hmm. you know, eight-year yeah. car right. loans. It's right. like, wow. And... My dad said, he goes, there's going to come to a point where the average middle-class person cannot afford a new car anymore. Well, and and it's... And a used car now with the used car prices, too. That is absolutely okay. In fact, I would argue probably part of the plan for the environmentalist left activists, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, well, you should be riding in, you know, you take public transportation. You know, we'll get you out of those cars and car payments and everything else. And you do that through EPA mandates along the way. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed, bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CPREDEYE, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. 
individuals and businesses with tax problems. Listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control of your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank accounts, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problem now by calling the experts at U.S. Tax Shield and take advantage of the fra- The fourth branch of government, Eric Harley and Gary McNamara on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. Well, the inflation numbers came out yesterday and Joe Biden falsely claimed that uh, food prices continue to come down and uh, inflation is coming down. And uh, I'll have to find the audio. I just thought about it right now. I don't have it set up, but from Kareen Jean-Pierre, where she said, Americans are getting relief. <laughs> Unless you're about to announce that there's, you guys are sending out a bunch of checks. It's really amazing. Because no, I, she, I, it, she was asked the specific question right. on the fact that real wage growth was down last month and down for the entire year. Yeah, And it's like, and then she says, well... It it uh, it proves that the president's economic plan is working. Oh like, my gosh! Wow. Yeah, it's um, and and the problem with you know where they are now and, and reports like this is that first of all, if they had any credibility to begin with, uh, that's gone. And then beyond that, you know, you you can't tell the American people after they paid for it in January that prices came down in January. It doesn't work that way. But that's the world we live in. And we'll get back to the, you know, if we get into a recession, it'll be the same thing. Well, this is not a recession. Well, it's two quarters back to back of negative growth. Yeah, but that's not a recession. They just, it, it, it doesn't <laughs> matter. They just deny all day long and we think that he's going to be honest with the american people on the hunter biden thing i found yeah, exactly <laughs> here's uh kareen jean pierre being asked about the annual the monthly decline in real wages and the annual decline in uh, in real wages now remember she's been out there the white house has been out there for the longest time saying the american public is getting relief and wages are growing and inflation is coming down yeah that's not true no here we go Numbers came out today that show a monthly decline in real wages as well as an annual decline in real wages. Administration officials have said growing real wages is an important marker for the economy. How do you view the setback in today's numbers? So a couple of things. I do want to say that uh, what we have said many times is that we believe that the president's um, the president's economic plan is indeed working, and it's giving people a little breathing room. You heard me say this at the top: how the how we have seen, uh, um, you know, how we have seen um, the plan actually working. We see we're seeing inflation moderate uh, just a bit uh, as we've seen the last couple of months, and that. Uh, of course, what she's saying is the rate of inflation is going down. But again, we're, we have to because the because they they put a third grader out there. Corrine Jean Pierre will explain it like a third grader could understand. Uh, again, uh, you're 
you're you paid for all your bills last month a uh, hundred dollars because of inflation over the last two years you're now paying a hundred and thirty dollars this year it's expected that you'll have to pay twenty dollars more so you'll be up to a hundred and fifty dollars that according to the White House is relief No, that's, you know, that that's it. It's, but it's, honestly, if the rate of inflation were going up, they'd be saying the same thing. Well, the plan is working. Oh, yeah. Plan is working. And so it doesn't matter. And you're not going to convince the American people. Because prices aren't coming down. Price of food at home jumped 0.5% compared to the previous month. Over the past 12 months, uh, grocery prices have gone up 10.1%. Uh, Eggs up 8.5% from December, 70% compared to a year ago. Dairy is up. And that's the thing, too, when you look at the things you actually buy, it's actually up more than 10%. Right. Things yeah, that people, yeah. people buy eggs. Yeah, right. Uh, uh, dairy up 0.2% from December and 14% over the uh, the last year. Cereal up 1.2% from December and 15.6% compared with a year ago. Cookies are up 1.7% or 16.3%. Poultry up 0.7% in December and 8.1% compared to a year ago. Frozen foods, uh, fruits and vegetables up uh, 0.6% from December and 12.8% compared with a year ago. Coffee is up 1.7% from December and 12.6% compared to a year ago. Margarine up 1.2% from December or uh, 44.7% compared to a year ago. Condiments up 2% from December or 11.7% from a, a year ago. And sauces are up 1.9% from, uh, from, uh, from uh, January. Wow. 1.9% in January. And 14.3% compared to a year ago. That's when it comes to the whole margarine thing, uh, we can change the name now to I can't believe it's not affordable. <laughs> I mean, you, you walk through the, 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 the grocery store, and it really is. You look at the basic, as you mentioned, the staples. Things people buy. And it's not going to get any better. The Fed's not going to do anything about inflation. I think they've made that clear. You saw, we talked about it. Fed Chairman Powell said uh, last week or week before that he expects inflation to be significant for some time to come. What does that tell you? We have no plans to bring it down below 2%. Well, you you see now. I mean, the project the prediction is the Fed now the next two times they raise rates will be back to point five percent. With that's admitting that the point two five percent wasn't enough, which everybody was saying for I don't know two weeks before they made the last move. Mm-hmm. That if you're if you're going to go point two five, you're and and it's pain that is and, and, and if you're doing the assessment here, pain that is needless. Look, there are only. In terms of the Fed's involvement, the inflation is here. 
I don't like the Fed manipulation any more than anyone else. But the only way you get on top of this historically is to be aggressive on interest rates. You've got to bring the economy into a recession. They think that they don't have to go that far. But if you don't, inflation doesn't go away. And you've heard talk over the last couple of weeks now, the fear that this could be, you know, the 70s type of inflation. Uh, Former Obama economist. Mm. This is the liberal circular economist firing squad. Mm. Former Obama economist Jason Furman rejected any inflation happy talk on Tuesday, emphasizing that a recession was likely and that high prices are not going away anytime soon. I think the markets are just ridiculously complacent about the inflation situation right now. I look at uh, tips. I look at uh, uh, swaps. They have break even. Uh, they have break even of inflation of around two percent. I just don't see that. I don't see how we have inflation much below three percent this year. I don't see it coming down below that without a decent sized recession and nothing. Nothing in these numbers gives me comfort. He added that anyone who was calm about inflation was making him nervous. So I think this inflation issue is real. (laughs) No blank, Sherlock. Uh Uh, I don't think it's going away anytime soon, and I think anyone who's overly calm about it is making me nervous. There you go. Well, you think about, 0.5. 0.5. So we're at, uh, we checked yesterday. It was, uh, I think this week it's at closer to 4.75. I said 4.5. The target rate is between 4.5 on the Fed rate and 4.75. Right. And this year is falling on the higher end or this week. And so then you look at the next three moves. Let's say they go 0.5, right? Let's say they mm-hmm. get it to five and a quarter on the Fed rate. Lawrence Summers was saying it. If they're not going to get above six, you're not going to slow the economy down. The only way to bring that inflation back in check is to do that. So you've got two, maybe three more increases for the year. Point five is a slow roll, and it's a slow roll now because you only went point two five on the last one. You know, I was, I was reading the Wall Street Journal saying that uh well you know but the you know the 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 one thing they expect to bring down inflation is basically housing prices are crashing yeah but that's also because nobody's buying out well, there no, is no good news but that's not good news people aren't buying homes right and well, well because you know when you look at it the idea is and and Lawrence Summers was saying this and other economists have been screaming this without getting to a point where you're getting layoffs you know, and and this is what they're seeing historically. I don't know, based on the workforce and the available workforce in the states, uh, to what extent you can control this. But the inflation related to employment, labor inflation. And we talked about it. We may be in this cycle for a long time where it's very low unemployment. So 
the Fed, and, and this would be my question for Lawrence Summers or any economist. So let's say the Fed got us above six. They went to six and a quarter. Are we still going to have low unemployment? Because employers are still looking and, and which is driving that labor inflation. They've got to pay more. Companies like Walmart and other companies, even with the tech layoffs and everything else, you still have millions and millions and millions of jobs going unfilled. Here's here's a, a question that I have. You go optimist. This is from the Wall Street Journal analysis of the inflation numbers. Optimists say roughly half of January's increase was due to shelter, which is set for decline as rents and housing prices have fallen since the Fed began raising in, uh, began raising interest rates. And of course, housing prices have fallen because people aren't buying homes. Yeah. Because the and and here's the interesting thing: housing prices may have fallen, but this is the this is the part that I I would question, and part of it is conf, confusion. Housing prices have fallen because the interest rates have gone up so much. People don't buy houses. Very few people buy houses with cash. Mm-hmm. Probably ninety nine percent, right? Ninety nine percent finance. Yeah, finance exactly right. Mm-hmm. So finance is a part of the cost of the house. Yeah. Got to pay for the money. So technically, housing prices haven't come down because people can't afford to buy a home because of the interest rates. Right. And that's sitting in my head. And then they say rents are are set to decline. Well, if people aren't buying homes, that means they have to stay in their apartments. If the demand for apartments is greater and the building of new apartments... Uh, number one is more expensive and moving slower because they can't find the workers. How are rents going to come down the next? These are questions I have, but I think they're serious questions. How does rent come down this year if housing is crashing? Because the only way to do that is a massive consolidation of households. Um, adult kids moving in with their parents or roommates. That's the only way that happens. Right. And I haven't seen that, although we have seen, you know, the stories about more and more adults living at home or relying on their parents really was the brunt of the story. But you would have to see a massive, massive move in that direction of the uh, consolidation of households into into one. That's where your demand for rent would go down. But here's the question. I mean, you can't afford it. You can't afford it, right? So is that what's driving it? That you have people moving out of the one-bedroom or two-bedroom or whatever, and they're moving in with a family member, or they're moving in with a roommate somewhere else in a cheaper part of town. Because this popped into my mind when talking about when the housing prices are coming down. Well, no, they're not, because you finance it. With the interest rate going up across the board, does the interest rate at all, is that all a part of the, the inflation rate? Um, or don't they count? I, I would have don't, to go don't. back and look. And and the housing, housing prices and but housing, I mean, housing costs but are I mean, two different things. Right, yeah. but I mean credit card, too. Mm-hmm. If you're financing on credit card and your monthly payment goes up because you're financing more and the interest is more, mm-hmm. does that count in inflation, the increase of what it costs to basically rent or buy money? Yeah, 
I don't know if that's yeah. uh, uh, the complete cost of housing and, and figured into the inflation. Yeah, just a thought. Just yeah. 86690 Red Eye. Lines open for your calls. 86690 Red Eye on Red Eye Radio. With the Lums Express Card, you save up to 14 cents per gallon, $25 on tire purchases, and even more on service costs. Go to loves.com slash diesel discount. Loves.com slash diesel discount. If you drive a big rig, you know. Front Eye Radio, Nikki Haley announces she's running for president. Ted Cruz says he's not. Details coming up. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, uh, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Download our app today. Listen to the show when and where you want in case you can't listen live overnight. All right. This saw this one and thought we'd throw this in. Alternatives to terms like male and female and mother and father should be sought, uh, should be, uh, alternatives should be sought in science because they assume that sex is binary and that heterosexuality is the norm. A group of insane researchers from the United States and Canada suggest. Male and female should instead be referred to as sperm-producing and egg-producing. The Ecology and Evolutionary Bio- uh, Biology Language Project said, according to Language Project, according to the Times of London. Meanwhile, father and mother should be labeled uh, parent, egg donor, and sperm donor in the scientific field. I now pronounce you egg donor and sperm donor. The group has called on the scientific field to use words that are more inclusive and precise. Much of Western science is rooted in colonialism. Blah, 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 blah. White supremacy and patriarchy and these power structures continue to permeate our scientific culture. Yeah. Some project members wrote in the Trends in Ecology and Evolution Journal. Uh-huh. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> because saying father is racist. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Fine. I'm not going to change the way I talk. Neither am I. (laughs) And if someone wants to cry about it, then they're just going to have to cry. Yes. It's it's not going to happen. But you hurt. You don't care about my feelings. No, when it comes to the truth. No, you're an adult. Deal with it. 
Yeah, I actually don't care about your feelings. Yeah, I don't care. You, your feelings are going to be right. your feelings regardless of what I think. In the professional intellectual arena, in the arena of ideas, I don't care about feelings. I care about the truth. If you are not yeah. mature enough, that's your to have a debate. That's your problem. More and more governments may coddle you, but I won't. No, we will not. Meanwhile, let's talk about the egg producer humanoid who has decided to run for president of the United States. Nikki Haley is in. (laughs) And I saw the poll of how she would do against the sperm donor. (laughs) You knew you knew where I was going on that. (laughs) Okay, I want liberals to think this through. You're going to say sperm donor when you're referencing Donald Trump. (laughs) Say that out loud. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, they're nuts. Ew! There's the problem. Nikki Haley is in. (laughs) She had a pre-rally video. I don't know why... Why don't you just announce to the media, Wednesday morning we're going to have a rally. The video wasn't exciting at all. No, it wasn't. But I can't say this either. I, Even though I, I have to say it in order to tell you I'm not going to say it, I really can't say uh, sperm producer Ted Cruz is not running either. See? To all the liberals, just say it out loud. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> now uh, it sounds stupid, doesn't it? <laughs> See, so so Ted Cruz told uh, you. Ted Cruz said he's going to run for Senate. Told his uh, supporters, it's real easy for I, I think for Republicans, and you know it was a plurality of Republicans said, "Oh, we could we think it's good that Nikki Haley is in," and it's like, whatever. Okay. Um, you know, if 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 you if you Look, here's and, and the reason I say whatever is here's where the Republican Party is right now. I believe it's uh, it's either DeSantis or Trump, and the reason is is this simple: Republicans right now are who will really push the agenda. Yeah, and they will look and they say, "Well, DeSantis did it," mm. and many other Republicans will say, "Trump did it." Mm. You don't have that in any other candidate, right? Not one. Right. And that's what Republicans are yeah. looking for right, right now. Yep, That's why Nikki Haley is at a disadvantage. And any other Republican that decides to run yep. is at that disadvantage because they look at it and go, no, uh, we want somebody who we actually know will push. Because most Republicans think the same. On the major issues, they think the same. It's not what you think. It's whether you'll actually push for that when you become president or whether you wimp out and say, okay. No, well, I think yeah. that's a great point. I, I, and, and those are the things right now that we're looking at with, with Joe Biden. So you asked the question of any of them, um, who has the ability to govern? DeSantis has proven that he can, at least at the state level in Florida, and he can do it effectively to the point that he turns his entire state red. Uh, and Trump has proven that 
he can and has in the past, the question would be ultimately for the GOP, is it time to continue with Trump or time to be done with Trump? Yeah, or or can you win with Trump? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can you win the Trump? But both of those... Both of those, both of those candidates, uh, I almost said sperm producers. Uh, both of them, <laughs> both, both of those candidates, uh, uh, the Republicans will say, "Well, no, they actually don't believe. They, they don't just believe what they say when they, you know, we know that Trump will really try to do this if he gets in, and DeSantis will really try to do this if he gets in." Yeah. You can't say that about any other Republican candidate. You can't say that about no. Pompeo. You can't say no. that about Nikki Haley. No. You can't say that about um, Mike Pence. Mm. Now, you can say, yeah, but they'd all be um, better leaders of the country than Buttigieg, Biden, and Harris that are the top three for the Democrats. Right. That would be easy. You could say that. But when it comes to what Republicans want... It's not just that we agree on what we should do on the five or six issues out there. It's really who becomes president and really pushes to do those things. That it's not just talk to get elected, but when you actually get in office, you say, here's what we're going to do. And only those two candidates have it for Republicans. Right. And that's the problem for anybody else who decides to get into the Republican race. Yep, you can sit there and say I'm as conservative as 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 can as, as can be. Doesn't matter. Do is there another candidate who we believe actually? Whether it's Trump because you believe he did it when he was president, and electability may be your problem with him, or DeSantis and he hasn't decided to run yet, but it looks like he will. All indications are he will, or DeSantis that is currently in the fight. Trump isn't in the fight right now. Mm-hmm. He's not actively in the fight. Mm-hmm. People view him that way, but, but he would be in the fight. Mm-hmm. But he actively isn't in it, so the news is focused on every day what DeSantis is doing, what DeSantis is doing. So it's like, okay, who's actually pushing what we believe uh, uh, forward? It would be DeSantis, and then Trump has done it. Right. Okay, yeah. who's more electable Yeah. at that particular point? And everybody else is a step beneath those two. And, you know, it will make for interesting debates, but it will it will come down to that. And and a never Trumper running on the Republican side is a never president. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, for example, a Romney getting in is going to have no impact. Yeah, none. If Romney got in. Yeah, I no, I think if Romney decided to get in, it would be, he may think he could win. But I think it would be ultimately right. his decision only if to debate Trump on stage again, which yeah, yeah, okay. I'd love to see. Right. And uh, or Liz Cheney is not going to have a chance. Yeah, you know, in in the in the Republican Party, and so I, I'm, I'm picking out you know, and she's well, maybe Liz Cheney and Andrew Yang. We have heard nothing. We've heard nothing from the forward party. There's nothing from the forward party. The yeah. forward party has gone so far backwards; they've disappeared. Yeah, be kind. Rewind. 
I'm I'm just I'm just putting in to see if there's anything in the news about the forward party. Uh, the forward party ranked choice voting. That's not anything that no, Republicans are new, most really. Rel- yeah. Yeah. Um, I, that was, that was February 14th. Mm-hmm. The new political an independent voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look, um, I think it'll get down to, I think Pompeo's probably going to announce it at some point. You know, and then we'll see if Bolton wants to jump in. Kasich. I haven't heard anything from Kasich. <laughs> well, he's just going to jump in because I think he, he feels like he's obligated, right? <laughs> he has to do it. By the way, I, so so I put I put forward party in, okay, uh-huh. and I and I don't know what this public inside New Jersey, former Governor Whitman wants to carry her new party forward, and here it is. Mm. Uh, let me see. I, I just I, I want to get to where they where they um, basically he's calling they're calling him a bunch of elitists is what they're calling. It. Mm. I, I can't get to, it, it. The the headline just. I'll get to the headline. It says the forward party is an elitist group of the privileged telling working people how to live. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's accurate. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> Remember the whole Andrew Yang thousand dollars a month. Yep. Are you kidding me? No, 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 no. It's 23 now. Uh, we need 5,000 a month. Each. And groceries. And Netflix. And could I get an iPhone? Yeah. Um, I really think, it, honestly, the biggest circus to watch is going to be the Democratic Party. Because apparently nobody wants to tell Biden that nobody wants Biden to run. Yeah, that I got to get that poll that came out yesterday that showed only was it twelve percent. The parties, oh no, everything's fine. Corinne Jean Pierre, he's a great communicator. He's the best communicator we have. That may be true. He may be all you have. I just got to I just got to check it here. Uh... Uh, okay, that was I. I okay, I got to find that one. I don't. I don't see the one that said twelve percent. Mm-hmm. I saw that yesterday. I saw the headline. Right. So let me see if I can find that again. It doesn't come up here in the news, in Google. Maybe I read it wrong. Well, there are you know, but but it's it's not news. You know, there the, the party, except for those that are active in the party. You know, Newsom. Newsom is still measuring for curtains. Oh no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna run. No, 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 no. Well, you saw what Schumer said the other day when he mm. said, "No, Biden's a guy." He goes, well, "We don't believe any of the polls." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're liberal pollsters. Well, they don't believe that prices are still going up. So, no. yeah, no, we get it. They're they're shooting down <laughs> weather balloons, used car lot balloons, right? Macy Day Parade Balloons. Right. (laughs) 866-90-RED-EYE. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. 
It's Red Eye Radio. Listen to Red Eye Radio wherever you are with the Red Eye Radio app. Available on Android and It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. So looking at uh, one of the latest polls, this was taken on February 6th, which means this is really before Balloon Gate, which, again, it's just, you know, has been just the worst PR you could possibly imagine for a, a president. Uh, and this one at the time said a majority of Democrats now think one term is plenty for Joe Biden. That's according to a new poll from the Associated Press. Research shows that 37% of Democrats, only 37% of Democrats say they want him to seek a second term. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they go into talking to people about his, uh, his, uh, his age. And, uh, um, but when you get to more of the, the details of it, you know, 41%, okay, uh, overall say the president is handling his job as uh, approve of how he's handling his job. Uh, a majority of Democrats still approve of the job Biden is doing, yet their appetite for re-election campaign has slipped. Only 22% of U.S. adults overall say you should run again. Wow. Yeah. The decline among Democrats saying Biden should run again for president appears concentrated among younger people. Hmm. Uh, when you get to some of the other numbers here, this is where you go, whoa. Um, just 13% of Americans have confidence in Biden's ability to accomplish major policy goals. Maybe that's where I saw the 12 or 13, because I, I can't find that 12% number that I was looking at. I'm looking at a, a Reuters Ipsos poll that went February 6th through the 13th, and it showed 12% support for Kamala Harris running. <laughs> maybe that okay, maybe that's what I saw then. Yeah. Maybe that was a number. Bernie actually okay. got thirteen okay. percent on the Democratic side, but uh she only got twelve percent. And you know and, and this poll also showed that the majority uh believe that that Biden's not the guy. twenty four. Only twenty three percent in this Associated Press poll. Uh, of U.S. adults say they have a great deal of confidence in Biden to effectively manage the White House. Only 21% have confidence in Biden's ability to handle a crisis. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, in this uh, Reuters Ipsos poll, 52% of registered Democrats said Biden should not seek a second term. That's been fairly consistent. I don't know how many polls have showed that, but where the majority of Democrats believe he should not seek a second term. Mm-hmm. But according to Schumer, nope, he's the guy. We don't believe the polls. He's the guy. It may, it, you know, honestly, it has me believing more and more that they're just looking at it going, look, we can't, you know, you can't force him out. What are you going to do? 
That's not going to happen. They're not going to force him out. We'll just walk him through it, and if he gets through it, he gets through it. If not, oh well, and we move on. It's dangerous, and we see how dangerous it can be right now. We're learning yeah. more and yeah. more how dangerous it is. Yep. What has gone on the last couple of uh, of days is is really scary. For because, whatever because... reason, he's not competent to to make calls. He just no. isn't. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. The IRS, the world's most aggressive collection agent. So good, you know you want to listen again with our podcast, available on our app and at RedEyeRadioShow.com. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. You know, we got to mention this because it happened during the, the Super Bowl, and I saw the ad yesterday, the ad that was run by that one religious group yeah, that right. uh, AOC called fascism. Mm-hmm. And I'm just reading Charles Cook here. He goes, I'm not entirely wild about all these he gets us ads that are running on television at the moment, but I must confess to being completely and utterly baffled by AOC's claim that the one that ran during the Super Bowl was fascist. And uh, and here's the ad, and I watch the ad, and it basically shows people confronting each other, mm. you know, people in, enraged with each other and everything else screaming at each other, and it basically at the end says, you know, love your enemy. You know, it's, yeah. And he mm. says, here's what Ocasio-Cortez uh, said. Something tells me Jesus would not spend millions of dollars on Super Bowl ads to make fascism look benign, which, what? The ad is titled, Love Your Enemies was a minute long, and it showed nothing other than a bunch of black and white images of people arguing with with each other, shouting at each other, and protesting in different directions. Having done that, it said, Jesus loved the people we hate. Then it ended. <laughs> and he says, obviously, it was a reference to the Bible. Ye have heard that it hath been said, thou shalt love their neighbor and hate and hate thine enemy, but I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully uh, use you and persecute you. And (laughs) Charles Cook (laughs) goes on and says, uh, uh, and it it says, uh, here's what the group that is behind the ad said uh, about that ad on the YouTube page. We see conflict all around us. We align ourselves on different sides 
of the fight in battles of politics, religion, justice, and too often we let that conflict morph from a dignified defense of something good into a dehumanizing attack on people we don't agree with, and it's tearing us apart. But Jesus offered us an alternative as an example, and then goes on to talk about love your yeah. love your neighbor. Right. <laughs> Cook writes, there is nothing fascist about this. Indeed, the opposite is true. It's extremely pluralistic. If anything is fascist, it's the alternative approach, which is resolving to hate your enemies because you just know deep down that they are wrong and you are right. As it happens, there are no fascists depicted in that video. And goes on to talk about the fact that you see this, you have seen, you know, that philosophy, that biblical mindset, he said, used uh, by people. In fact, it was movingly demonstrated back in 2015 by the families of the victims of the Charleston AME Church Massacre which means it includes white supremacist mass killers, the relatives of the people slain inside the historic African-American church. Earlier this week, we were able to speak directly to the accused gunmen. One by one, those who chose to speak at the bond hearing did not turn to anger. Instead, while he remained impassive, they offered forgiveness and said they were praying for his soul, even as they described the pain of, of their losses. He goes, that's fascism now? As Charles Cook writes, it shows you just how radical AOC is. Well, it's uh, important to understand yeah. how that that message of love your enemy, which is a tough one. I remember mm-hmm. when they did that at the church, we had that discussion. Mm-hmm. It's like, could you do that? Mm hmm. Yeah, no. You know, uh, forgiveness, uh, offering forgiveness in in such a uh, a graceful way, and after a horrific loss for a lot of people, um, it's it's kind of hard to comprehend, and which is very hard. Why yeah. it is admirable, and. Here's what I'll answer for anybody who has a question about that, uh, Mr. Cook or anybody else, when it comes to AOC or people that think like she does. She does see people getting along as fascism. She doesn't like it, yeah. We can't have people getting along. Oh. There must be division. And we will not accept anything from any side because if she's listening to the ad or watching the ad, and she's to take the message that they're sending in a useful way, then she, in her actions every day, has to change her mindset when it comes to people she disagrees with. Right, because to her, Christians are fascist. Anybody that disagrees with her is a fascist. Is a fascist, right. So I can't offer forgiveness for them. We must... They must be done away with. We can't accept them. We cannot forgive them. We cannot treat them with love. We can't have any consideration in that regard for them. So people getting along in general is fascism. That's what she believes. Right. 
And and we've talked about this before about the and and we've had a lot of discussion over the past couple of days since the the polling was done in uh, the post election in uh, uh, polling in uh, in Georgia uh, about the the lies of of mainstream Democrats and the leadership, the entire democratic party lied about that in order to create racial divisiveness. Yeah. To make people hate each other based on skin color and based on a lie that they kept repeating. And now the law is the same. And as was brought up a couple of weeks ago, now the Democrats are saying, Hey, Georgia is a place to have the democratic national convention. (laughs) The laws and changed. You kick major league baseball out. And so those are the kind of things that we look at and, so when we look at it and we say that's race baiting and that's the, that's the type of, of racist behavior that you see, as we mentioned the other day, in the KKK and many, you know, white supremacy groups where they will lie about something to turn people against each other based on skin color. And that has become policy of the Democratic Party. Now, in saying that, we believe that we are obligated to explain precisely why we say that, because just to call somebody a racist or say that they're a race baiter and not explain it, I personally find a reprehensible act to do. Mm-hmm. I don't like doing that. Right. But I'm just pointing out what the truth is. Right. And you're pointing out what the truth is in those particular things. But we we despise that type of, of behavior that has become mainstream. And we know, we saw it. Remember, Bush was Hitler. Trump was Hitler. Um, uh, DeSantis is a white supremacist. And, and so what Democrats do and the mainstream of the Democratic Party do, they label you to the point where there never can become a, a, a start of negotiations because you can't negotiate with the white supremacist. You can't negotiate with the Hitler. You can't negotiate, uh, negotiate with the Stalin. That's that's their poor attempt to stay out of the arena of ideas is by lying about people and labeling them as the as the worst human beings that have ever existed. Yeah. When they are the ones that actually practice what they claim they find reprehensible. Right. So, I mean, if you think about it. Um, it's always been about, um, with the left, well, tolerance, acceptance, and they preach things, or at least they did at one point, like love and tolerance and acceptance. Not in AOC's world. She'll have none of that. That is not to be accepted. If you don't get in line with our side, And we'll come after you. And, of course, then she screams, the other side is fascist. We'll cancel you. We'll create laws that govern you based on your dissent. But think about it. An ad that says, love your your enemy. Mm -hmm. And it's very important to bring that out. And I'm sure people who watched the Super Bowl and saw the ad went, oh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. And they moved on because there's so many ads and the football game's going on. But you go, but it had, but it had its impressions. But the message itself of love your enemy mm-hmm. is one of the, 
you know, you, you said that the, the reason that when it happens, you look at those people who forgive in awe is because it's so incredibly hard to do. Mm-hmm. In, in the, in the cases where the such grieving a, process such, includes a lot of anger. Yeah. And, and it, and it's, and it's so hard to, to, to do that. But then you do get to the point of understanding that something that may be hard initially, uh, gives you peace later on in life. And that's actually. Well, forgiveness you know, is about you, not about who you're forgiving. Exactly. It's, it's about, yeah, because you, you can let somebody else's actions completely and totally destroy your life. When, when you look at it from the point of if it was a, uh, you know, a victim of your own family who would never want you, I mean, you're so in grief and so enraged and so angry about the, the behavior of the perpetrator where you just can't forgive, but that hate eats you up. And the whole concept of forgiveness, if you could look at it, not just from the religious aspect, but from the person whose life was lost, who you loved and who loved you, who would be horrified that that person who committed that heinous act has destroyed your life, too. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't want you to be that way. That's the, that is the idea uh, behind forgiveness. And it, it's it, it's a, it's extremely difficult because yep. of the range of emotion. Uh, during any grieving process, whether it's the, uh, however you are victimized, uh, you, it, you're going to go through that process and, and to come to that point requires a great deal of work. But it's a great teaching moment to get inside somebody's brain mm-hmm. to see the something that would set them off to yeah. the point of calling yeah. people that believe in loving your enemy as fascist it's a it's a great teaching moment great learning moment just how radical the democratic party has become and how one of the major spokespersons of the democratic party aoc one of the most popular members of the democratic party it gives you an understanding of just how radical her mindset is and to be you know and and i i look at it and and we attack it in the arena of ideas as we should I would hate to be her and go through life. Think about that. The beautiful message, the incredible message and uplifting message of love and unconditional love brings out incredible anger in her and fury in her. Can you imagine? I pity somebody who has that kind of mind. Well, that's it. Because if you're not steeped in adoration for her, if there is any dissent or question along the way, you become the enemy. The enemy. Yep. And you can't love your enemy. There's no way yep. she can. I mean, I I would hope that one day she would change. I don't expect her to. Yep. 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. 
866-90-RED. I just look at some of these headlines here. House Subcommittee on Coronavirus Pandemic launches investigation into virus origins. Finally. Really? Finally. Okay. Because Democrats, for some reason, don't care about where COVID came from. There seems to be no curiosity. There has been zero curiosity as to something that shut this country down for almost two years. There is no curiosity from Democrats as to how did this happen? Right. That has to be the first time in American history where something like this has happened and you have an entire, you know, major party have no interest in how a pandemic started. Right. Or where it came from. No curiosity. Which then the next question would be, why? Why not? Because everybody else is like, where'd this thing come from? Yeah, we need to find out why. We don't want it to happen again. Yeah, it, it, you know, it makes sense. Um, and if there were any practices in place that led to this, then we need to make sure that doesn't happen again either. Exactly. Practices that we were involved in mm-hmm. or that another country might have been involved in. Right. Another country that has lots of balloons, apparently. <laughs> wow. Yeah, this thing just keeps getting worse, doesn't it? Yep. (laughs) This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Hey, that's part one of our show. Don't miss the rest. Click part two on our website, RedEyeRadioShow.com or Red Eye Radio phone app to hear the rest of the show. And thanks for listening to Red Eye Radio. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.